A quick programming note for today's episode. This episode was filmed prior to the mass shooting in California this past weekend. Our thoughts go out to all of those who have been impacted by this tragic event and to the many others who continue to be affected by gun violence. Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. Today's topic is gun violence and how a newly created AMA task force will continue efforts to combat this public health crisis. I'm joined today by the AMA's immediate past president, Dr. Gerald Harmon, a family medicine specialist in Pauley's Island, South Carolina. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's chief experience officer in Chicago. Dr. Harmon, welcome back. Thank you, Todd. Welcome back. Look forward to a busy and productive new year for all of us. Well, back in 2016, that seems about uh, a long time ago, uh, at this point, the AMA declared gun violence a public health crisis. And since then, it's only gotten worse. Why is it important to name and treat this as a public health crisis? But Todd, if we've learned anything over the past six years, we've learned that firearm-related injury and death is just a public health problem that can affect everybody. It's pervasive. It's systemic. It requires a, a real comprehensive public health response and, and a solution to it. You know, the meeting in 2016 that you alluded to actually uh, it, it was held in the immediate aftermath of a mass shooting event at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. And almost 50 people were killed there. And, and six years ago, this past uh, June, our annual meeting was preceded by mass shootings at a school in Uvalde, Texas, and a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. And so it's it's an omnipresent event. Physicians themselves have not been spared. We've recently had uh, Dr. Hewson and, and Dr. Preston Phillips were, have been shot and killed at their offices in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Dr. John Charing, Ching was killed while attending a church attending a church in California. Heck, we've had over 600 mass shootings in this past calendar year alone. And it, it, this is really an unacceptable healthcare crisis. And naming it a public health crisis clearly makes this a physician issue, uh, which you so clearly pointed out there. There are are some that argue that physicians don't belong in the conversation and it's, quote, out of our lane. Talk about why that's wrong. Why is this in the physician's lane? Well, you're right. And, and, and some of us do think, well, doctors, you just stick to medicine. Well, this is a healthcare crisis. You know, firearm injury, it happens in, a, unfortunately, many forms. Self-harm, uh, intimate partner violence, unintentional injury, and even mass shootings. Uh, we, uh, we've, we've seen uh, uh, movie theaters, houses of worship, hospitals, big cities, small towns, shattering any sense of safety or security by firearm violence. Um, and we've actually had a problem with disparities. The largest increase in firearm harm homicides has been among uh, black folks at, at almost 40%. The largest increase in firearm suicides was among uh, American Indian and Alaska Native people, 42%. We can't continue to do this. And physicians are at the front lines. It's not only in the trauma surgeons, the emergency rooms. It's physicians like me in family medicine and in, in, in rural America and in, in, in all across America. You know, over half the firearm deaths are due to suicide, 60%. So when someone has access to guns, to firearms, and is at increased risk for harm, uh, clinicians uh, need to help reduce this risk. So I would say, and I'd argue that not only do physicians belong in this conversation, but they need to be part of the solution. Now, with the numbers that you cited at the beginning, I, 
it's easy to say like that can feel like a very overwhelming problem for physicians to help you know be part of that solutions when you talk to your fellow physicians what do you what do you tell them that they can do to help how do they get involved well you know much as we have to can somehow convince those critics who say doctors need to stay in their lane some of my doctor colleagues understandably might feel uncomfortable and don't have experience with firearms uh, and really don't know how to to ask. It might even feel uh, uh, that they need help and instructions in doing that. You know, the AMA, uh, for the last many, several years, since uh, 2016, 2018, has had an online video, uh, uh, what we call it our ed hub, educational hub of videos. We have a, a steps forward video that you can go to uh, on the AMA website and you can uh, look at a, a video in a, a PowerPoint platform, a, a, an online platform that tells you how to ask what might be an uncomfortable situation for you as a physician. Ask about firearms. Ask about firearm safety. Ask about the potential for firearm violence and take an active role at intervening in this public health crisis. Well, the latest move by the AMA came at uh, interim meeting uh, of the House of Delegates back in November with the creation of this new task force that's in uh, formation right now. Can you tell us a little bit more uh, about that? Well, th th this task force, we, we, we uh, decided to form, the House told us to, to form in just a couple of months ago. It's not the beginning of the AMA involvement. We talked about it. It's a, it's a continuation of efforts following years of policy and advocacy. You know, we have more than 30 policy recommendations that have been adopted by the House of Delegates over the past 20 years to reduce firearm violence, to reduce firearm trauma, injury, and death. And the last policy was put forth and supported by the, uh, in large part by the American Academy of Pediatrics delegation and the medical student section at the AMA House of Delegates. And we've asked basically four things, to uh, establish a task force to focus on gun violence prevention, including gun-involved suicide, to collaborate with interested state and specialist societies to increase engagement uh, related to firearm safety, to support and consider providing grants, evidence-based firearm violence, perhaps interruption programs in communities and schools, hospitals, and even healthcare systems. And then a report annually back to the House of Delegates on our efforts to it relating to legislation, regulation, and litigation at the federal, state, and local levels, preventing gun violence. So we've got very uh, identifiable uh, metrics we need to report back on, but this, this does build on our existing House policy. Now, just to that point, you mentioned uh, this is not a new thing for the AMA we got 30 policy recommendations that are already in existence on, on gun violence. Uh, we don't need to go through each and every one of those, but I'm curious, uh, in, in your uh, mind, how do you see the task force building on those efforts that have already been made? Well, number one, addressing the public health emergency of gun violence, it can't be an all or none uh, check the box phenomenon. It, it's it's going to be a complex, it is a complex issue, requires a comprehensive public health response and approach. So the AMA's policies uh, has adopted uh, some real reasonable recommendations, like including a waiting period for firearm availability, background checks for all firearm purchases. We support uh, risk protection orders, allowing for temporary removal of a firearm from a, a workplace or a home, or when there's a higher imminent risk for, for violence. Some of our uh, uh, recent policies include asking for warning labels on ammunition, just as you might have on cigarettes. 
Okay, text-based statistics, graphic pictures on the warning labels relating to the risk and mortality associated with firearm and ownership and use. It's, this is a reasonable public health initiative that's been shown to be effective in, in the case of uh, tobacco packaging. We need to apply common sense reforms to uh, uh, ammunition, to firearms, to safety. And we, we, we even take an initiative most recently with uh, what we unfortunately have had to do is have active shooter drills in our, in our schools. You know, if you have an active shooter drill, and you should if you're a responsible uh, community of education educators, you need to think about how we can do this in a protective, organized manner without uh, scaring uh, children's physical and, uh, and taking into account their uh, emotional and uh, uh, physical wellness because it can be very scary to talk about firearm violence to some of our uh, children without thinking it through what we're teaching them. We're teaching them that this should happen to be safe, but not scaring them. So you got to take into account in a, in a very uh, evidence-based manner, how to do this in a safe manner for their emotional support. Medicine doesn't stand still. And at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. Well, uh, obviously, this conversation is taking place in a broader context, uh, highly politicized environment out there. And I think there are probably people out there that believe that uh, owning guns and advocating for responsible gun laws are mutually exclusive. What would you say uh, to people like that? Well, you know, gun owners are and want to be a part of the solution. I, I think any reasonable gun owner and supports most gun owners. In fact, the evidence shows support sensible firearm laws. We got we have their buy-in. It's not an adversarial uh, situation. Within the home, gun owners know that secure storage of firearms is important to keep children, adolescents, and others safe. They, they should be stored unloaded in a locked device. Ammunition should be stored in a, a locked separate location. And so there are common sense uh, um, changes that we expect, not only in, in regulations and in statute, but in just behavioral uh, characteristics. So the most the most responsible gun, 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 owner, gun owners, and most are responsible, understand and already practice these uh, gun safety issues by themselves. So what we need to do is make sure we advertise, we disseminate, we educate the public, we educate our regulators and educate our physicians and healthcare workers about what we need to be doing. Well, uh, given the intensity and the continuation of this public health crisis, we obviously have a, a huge amount of work to do. When you look ahead to 2023 and beyond, what do you hope to see uh, the AMA and this task force in particular accomplish? Todd, if it were easy, we'd have already done it. We understand that. So you need to take it seriously. One of the things uh, we expect uh, the AMA to do and the task force to accomplish is to make sure that information sharing is more easily accessible on, on let's say, AMA websites, AMA uh, 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 digital health spaces. Make sure we get gun violence up there in the front and center so we understand this is a public health crisis. And it does remain and should be front and center in the physician's lane. You know, as I talked about in the opening statements here and opening questions, it's not just the emergency room doctors. It's not just the trauma surgeons that are seeing. And it's not just the public health physicians. 
It's everyday American doctors who are seeing this. You know, I, uh, I practiced medicine for many decades and I, unfortunately it happened. It's continued to happen over decades of my practice where someone has uh, harmed themselves with a firearm. And so it's always there. It's always in the back of my mind. We as physicians and every doctor needs to think about the possibility of firearm violence when they're dealing with uh, uh, a, uh, a stressful situation. You know, we have enough behavioral health initiatives and concerns already in America, and this certainly ties in with the possibility of firearm-related violence. So I, uh, one of the things we can capture people's attention and energize our workforce with is personal stories and personal experiences. As a family medicine doc, this past year, uh, I had two uh, of my patients that harm themselves intentionally with uh, self-inflicted wounds with, from firearms. And these are folks I've known for a long time. And I knew they were having emotional uh, uh, crises, as it were. I knew they were concerned. And uh, it, it, I always do a hindsight check. All of us have the 2020 hindsight. You know, I should have asked. I should have been more involved. Uh, couldn't I have done more to recognize that this person might have a thought of self-inflicting a wound or something? And so could... If we can keep an awareness of that in, in the front of our minds, if we can feel comfortable addressing that without feeling like we're intruding on someone, uh, all of us would be uh, uh, a, a, an effective weapon to use, to use the term weapon, against this dangerous uh, uh, onslaught of firearm violence. We need to counter the, the risk with appropriate interventions that, that physicians in every level, at every opportunity, can make. So educating ourselves that we can be a a solution for it, educating our patients that we're doing the right thing for, for their safety, not to intrude, not to take away their Second Amendment rights, because that's always uh, one of the, uh, the uh, contingents that some of the naysayers were saying. We're doing the right thing for public health. We're doing the right thing for our patients and for our physicians' oath. Well, Dr. Harmon, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your perspectives on this public health crisis. We'll continue to keep everyone updated as uh, work comes out of the task force and AMA policy. If you'd like to see more information on the AMA's task force addressing this, visit our site at ama-assn.org. You can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today and please take care. <laughs>